church say amen. Church say amen again. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come this morning excited about who you are. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. And we give you your just due. We confess that we are wrong and you are right. We are weak, but thou art strong. Speak to our hearts this morning. Deliver us from bondage. Convict, convince, if need be, convert. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church, say amen. amen. Let's give our young people a hand clap. Praise you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Truly, God is an awesome God. And Jesus Christ is Lord, Son of the living God. This morning, as we resume our series under renewal, we've began with a renewed focus, a renewed formula, a renewed finish, started a renewed fight, part one, and this is a renewed fight, part two, and we're going to do some teaching this morning. I want you to open your Bibles and take notes because I believe this message will revolutionize the way you think and live. Amen? We're in the first Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. And I want to look at verse 40. Please open your Bibles, everybody. First Samuel 17, verse 40. Amen. When you get it, say amen. And he took his staff in his hand and shows him five smooth stones out of the brook put them in a shepherd's bag which he had even in a scrip and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine verse 4 and the Philistine came on and drew near to David and the man that bear the shield went before him, verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, a ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. This morning, I want to talk about a new approach to old problems. A new approach to old problems. And we're going to call this five stone thinking. Five stone thinking, as a man thinketh in his heart, so 
is peace. The way we approach adversity and the resolving of our problems is both defined and demonstrated by our dedication, listen to this, to detail. People who have a lot of detail typically are people who do not make mistakes in decision making. People who have a lot of detail are people who are thorough, people who are informed. And our purposes and our planning and even our persistence are pertinent, but what's really needed the most to resolve old problems with a new approach is a powerful new process. Regardless of our challenges, regardless of our problems, whether it's marriage, ministry, management, movements, into new careers, decision-making, diets, health difficulties, lack of happiness, whatever it is, metaphorically, all of us have giants that we have to face every day. There's the giant of low self-esteem. People who don't think that much of themselves. There's the giant of guilt, whether it's real or imagined. There's the giant of rejection and abandonment. There's the giant of a lack of intimacy, a giant of fear, friction, lack of fortitude. And if you're honest, and I hope you are, all of us have to face giants. And when we face our giants, they're not as easily dismissed as we would have people to think. Something that has been plaguing us for years may plague us the rest of our lives. Something that has placed us in bondage, handcuffed us, shackled us, may not be as easy as ABC getting rid of it. Habits, history, hindrances. All of us have these giants in our lives. And, and, and the interesting thing is that when we have to face these giants, we really don't have a methodical approach to facing these giants. These giants come up against us, they blow us out of the water. We pray, we go right back, and we, we're, we're once again trapped, yeah, within ourselves. These giants can devastate our thinking. I remember in the Old Testament as Joshua, a great warrior for God, who succeeded Moses, 
was instructed by God to go into the promised land, cross the swelling Jordan, and go to the other side. And Joshua had the insight, and Moses, of course, they, while Moses was still alive, they sent out spies. They sent out 12 spies to spy the land. And the spies came back with a very objectionable report. They came back, they said, listen, yes, we went into the land and we saw large clusters of grapes. The fertility of the land. It's a land truly flowing with milk and honey. It's great in there. But we saw walled cities. We saw giants in the land. Now listen to this. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Every time we face these walled cities and giants, we came away, listen, as midgets before a monster within ourselves. I'm already, I'm, I'm, al I'm already preaching. I'm, I'm already preaching. That, that uh, for some of us, it's the challenge of a new life. For some of us, it's the letting go of a habit. For some of us, it's, amen, getting out of the mindset of being a failure. Do I have a witness? You, you've been called dumb so much in your life that you're starting to believe you're dumb. Can I get a witness? You, you've been, yeah, you've been called out of your name so much you don't even know your name. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah, you've been told that you'll never amount to anything and you're not going anywhere because you have believed the faulty report. Your giant, whatever it is, has devastated not only your growth but the glory of God. Your giant, your giant, your giant, your giant has caused you to become paralyzed within yourself. And it's, it's, in this, it's in this context that David, 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 David is about to face this frightening foe. A giant named Goliath, whom David confronted with five smooth stones. My gosh. As I was constructing this sermon, I said to myself, what are some of the giants in your life? If it were one, I would tell you they're multiple. Goliath, Philistine of Gath, was nine feet tall probably three, close to 400 pounds. What a giant. Some of us this morning are facing some tall giants. Heavy, heavy giants that we just can't seem to overcome. And the Bible says that the head of his spear was 17 pounds. What an opposing force. 
He belongs to the family of the Anakims, which in the Old Testament were giants. He had four brothers, and in 2 Samuel, uh, I think it's 21, a man named Elkanai killed one of Goliath's other brothers. So he has four brothers and himself makes five, and that's probably why David got five smooth stones. One for Goliath, and if his brothers come out, I got one for them too. But there is something other, some, something else in this story that we need to look at before we dive into the text. That David, verse 40, took five smooth stones out of the brook of water and put it in his pouch. Um, <laughs> numerically, the number Five always deals with grace. So it's grace that's going to knock the Goliath down. It's, it's grace that's going to kill the giant. It's grace. It's, it's not David. It's grace. It's God's grace that's going to give him the victory. Can I get a witness? Stones in Scripture always deal with the people of God. We are stones connected to the rock. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching already. So when we have to face our Goliaths, God is not asking you to defeat your Goliath in your own strength. God is saying, by grace, take the word, water, and, listen, use the word in your life as God's stones to bring your Goliaths down. Are you with me this morning? Are y'all with me this morning? Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me this morning? And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's in this context that I, 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 I want to I look at this, this one chapter because, listen to me, First and Second Samuel is what we call the United Kingdom. There were three kings in this United Kingdom before the kingdom split. Uh, it was Saul, who was chosen by the people, first king. David, second king, Solomon, son of David, third king. Do I have a witness? And the Bible lets us know in this book of history of the United Kingdom that in first and second Samuel, David, listen to this, is seen as a shepherd boy. He's a shepherd. He, he's raising sheep. For his father Jesse. Are you with me? He's not only a shepherd, this is, if you were coming to core Bible study, you would know this because I've been dealing with this. He's not only a shepherd, but David is a singer. He sings and plays the harp and he consoles the evil spirit that's in Saul. Every time the evil spirit starts messing with Saul, and you know, we got our spirits too. Can I get a witness? that David would play music and sing, and he, his spirit was soothed. So David was a shepherd. David, listen, was a singer. David, listen, was a sinner. When he took Bathsheba and had her husband Uriah killed, and that prompted Psalm 51, I have sinned against you and you alone, created me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Do I have a witness? It also, amen, it also brought about Psalm 32. Blessed is the man whose sin, iniquity, and trespass has been covered. Lord have mercy. Can I get a witness? And listen, David was not only a shepherd. David was not only a singer. David was not only a man, listen, a sinner. David later on was a statistician as Satan tempted him. He numbered Israel and God got angry and brought plagues down on Israel for David numbering Israel. He was not only a shepherd and a singer and a sinner and a statistician, but David was Saul. He had to run from Saul after being told he was going to be king. He ran 13 years from Saul. He took 400 men with him. All of them had the same thing in common. All of them were in debt. All of them were distressed. All of them were depressed. And they went into a cave and they hid with David. But in this text, he's not only a shepherd and a singer and a sinner and a statistician and one running for his life being sought, but David is a soldier. I want you to look at this chapter 17, 58 verses. We're going to try to summarize for the sake of time. And as we look at this chapter didactically, inductively, deductively, as we break it down, we're going to see some interesting things, which I believe are five critical stones that will benefit you and I in life. And, 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 and that is, when we begin to look at this first, there, there is a new fear which reflects a need, now listen to this now, for information. What do you mean by information? Well, a new finding. Hmm. I'm going to deal with this in a secular sense. I'm going to deal with it in a spiritual sense. That, that is, whatever it is in life I'm pursuing, I need to get information. We live in an age of information. The internet, Facebook, whatever, whatever, whatever. If I've been asked to speak at a conference on leadership, I need to go on the internet and pull down all the information I can find on leadership without plagiarizing and pick out what I want to say and summarize it so that I am now educated on the subject of leadership. I cannot believe that my leadership expands all horizons. I'm preaching. We need information. If I move into a new career, if you have kids in college and they're pursuing marketing, business, medical field, they're pursuing with, uh, uh, being a lawyer, whatever the information is, you need to load up on information. And if you're going into a new career, you need to know the hiring hat practices. You need to know, listen, in corporate or in some other entity, uh, the demand for that particular career. Yeah, you, you need to have some information. The ebbs and the flows of a business. Before you come up with a business plan, you want to go into a restaurant business. You want to go into a real estate business. You need to pull down some information on the do's, the don'ts, the ebbs, the flows, the ups, the downs. We need to be information driven. 
Do I have a witness? If you get married, you definitely need some information. And Sister Gordon says, do a 411 so you don't have to do a 911. Can I get a witness? What information do I need? Well, first of all, I can order a credit report because that's your private business. But before I marry you, I need to see a credit report. We won't be able to buy a bubblegum machine if your credit is destroyed. Oh, y'all gonna get quiet. I'm gonna look at the clock. I might have to get a police report to make sure you not want it before we go up the aisle. This type of is right. The fact that the matter is, I want you to see this. One of the things that we need spiritually, we need the Word of God as our information base as to where we go, what we do, and how we do it. We have to believe God more so than man. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. I need to take God at his word. Can I get a witness? Look at this. Look at David's thirst for information. Let me, let me summarize the preliminaries to get to my text. In verses 1 to 3, chapter 17, notice the battle. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shachah, which belongs to Judah, pitched between Shachah and Azagah in whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Eli and set the battle in array against the Philistines. Verse 3, and the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to fight in the valley. First of all, there's a battle, but then verses 4 to 7, there's a beast. Look at verse 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span, nine feet tall. This is a big brother, Doc. Big brother. Amen. An opposing sight. Nine feet tall. My, 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 my. Don't miss this. And the Bible says he had a helmet of brass, verse 5, in his head, armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass upon his leg, target of brass between his shoulders, the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the spear's head, that comes out to 17 pounds. Amen. In other words, he's wearing more weight than you have. This is a bad boy, Doc. Bad boy. Bad boy. I remember growing up in the hood, man, at times, guys said, we're going, going to fight him, and you, you, know, you think you can get him. But Doc, them bullies, them real big bullies, Nah, nah. nah. 
tries. They hit you, you hit them back. Nah, I ain't trying to hit them back. Nah. <gasps> I was in seventh grade, and this is a true story. And this teacher, none of us liked. My friend was talking to me. She, she told my friend, you moron, get up. Stand in front of the class. And he stood up in front of the class, and she said, she told the class, now laugh at him, because he's a moron. And he was, he, he was a fighter. He told the class, none of y'all better not laugh. <laughs> so the teacher said, laugh! And they were like this. <laughs> oh Lord those were the days listen but there's a battle there's a beast and verse 8 to 13 there's a boasting of the beast verse 8 and he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel said unto them why you come out to set your battle in array and not I a Philistine and you the servants of Saul Choose you a man for you and let him come out down to me. So we see the battle, the beast, the boasting, and then verse 14, we see a little boy. Here's the disparity of size. Look at verse 14. And David was the youngest, and the three elders followed Saul. Are you with me? Now, what I want you to see is that David, and I'm going to point this out, is in the information stage. I'll never forget April 1st would be 25 years in pastoring. When I came here, the pulpit committee of this church was phenomenal. It was eight to ten very highly intelligent people who sat me down. I was working for the government. And they shot questions at me, and, I ha and, and in retrospect, the questions were impeccable. They were asking about integrity, my philosophy of ministry. They was asking about my education, my, my life experiences. Uh, da -da -da. They were hitting me with all kind of questions from every angle, about a two-hour meeting. And I remember one of them saying, well, that does it for us. Um, we, are, we are satisfied with the questionings. And then I said, excuse me, may I ask some questions? And they were puzzled when I said that, because I don't think any other minister said that. I said, number one, what is your philosophy at church? And if I'm called here, I'm bringing the Bible with me. If you don't want the Bible, don't call me. I'm not looking for a job. I got a managerial position in the government. I'm looking for a job. This is a calling. Interesting enough, I said, and I like a copy of the bylaws of the Constitution. I would like to know who do you think the pastor is? Y'all ain't getting this. I want to know before I come in here, Something about how you view my position. Because they're going to be changes. And, and child of God, listen to me. That is, when we gather information, it's non-threatening. 
it only enhances our horizon. If I buy a car, I need to pull up information on the car I want to buy. The mileage, the safety factors, the tires. Can I get a witness? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, whatever it is, if I go to buy a flat screen, I need to pull up some information, amen, on the flat screen or the brand. I, I need to go into consumer's reports and find out what in the world I'm about to spend my money for. Are y'all with me? That David, in this first area, began, verse 22, go there with me. David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army, came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, he's gathering information, verse 23, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the army of the Philistine, spake according to the same words, and David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely he's defying Israel. He has come up. It shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter, I don't know if that was a blessing, and make his father's house free in Israel. Notice what David is doing. He's gathering information. You don't go to war till you understand who you're fighting. I'm preaching now, Doc. We want to declare war have any idea who we're fighting. That when, when you look at David in this, this first smooth stone of what I call information gathering, it's powerful. He's gathering historical, personal, combat information and I believe that if you are going to deal with your giant, you got to know something about the giant that you're facing. Your low self-esteem may not mean you really have low self-esteem. It may just be a giant that's been standing over you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and of a disciplined mind. David, 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 David gathered a great deal of information. Mm. New findings. God's word. Let me find out what I'm really dealing with. And the problem in our churches and in society is that most of us are not thorough to investigate information. So it's too late. too late. If I'm going to go to work for a corporation, let me do some background assessment of information to find out 
why so many people are quitting this organization. I understand about the severance pay. I understand it used to be you work somewhere 30, 40 years, get a gold watch. That's not taking place anymore. That uh, corporations will hire you right up to the severance point and get rid of you. I, I understand how it works. Yeah, and you ought to understand how it works. So if you had a company and your severance kicks in at the seventh, eighth, or tenth year, and you're going on nine years, you better start looking for another job because the likelihood is they're going to get you right to that point and say, a river dirty. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? My people perish for lack of knowledge. Turn to your neighbor and say, information. Look at the second smooth stone. A new fight reflects a need for motivation. A new fuel. Mm. Lord have mercy. Look at verse 25. We're going to get through this. Verse 25. I'm moving expeditiously so I can get to a certain point. In verse 25, look what it says, and I want you to see this, that... And the men of Israel said, have you not? We read that. And David, verse 26, spake unto the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Or who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Notice, David connects his motivation with the master. You ain't getting this. My motivation ought to always include Jesus. Your motivation ought to always include Jesus. Can I get a witness? If your motivation is self-centered, yeah. If your motivation is self-satisfying, if your motivation is self-purposing, it's wrong. Our motivation ought to include Jesus. I dare you to go to work tomorrow, get around a coffee pot while everybody else is talking about the probability of promotions, and I dare you, I double dare you to stand there with the rest of the co-workers and say that Jesus determines whether you get promoted or not. I dare you. I dare you to use his name. I dare you to lift up his name. I dare you to promote his name. I double dare you. I triple dare you. Oh, I'm preaching now. I, I dare you to let somebody else know that your future is in the hands of the master. I've been young. Now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen a seed begging bread. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells there. That my life and times are in his hands. 
They're not in the church's hands. They're not in society's hands. They're not in the White House hands. They're not in the outhouse hands. My future is in the hands of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place now, Doc. You know, you know why some of us can't go any further than we've been? Because of the giant of lethargic thinking. Yeah. The giant of laziness. Yeah. You, your own worst enemy. You sitting up here saying, well, I, I can't, you, I can't, I can't do this. You can do whatever you want to do. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. I'm sitting up here. I got a smartphone. I don't know why I bought it because I'm not smart. But man, this thing is getting gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder, Doc. This phone can do everything. Here, Scotty, beam me up. <laughs> this thing can do everything. But, but child of God, child of God, what I'm trying to get you to see is that uh, uh, we, we not only need information, we need, and your children need, and your college students need motivation. You got to get up off of your lazy behind. You got to get up and stop making excuses for yourself. You got to risk, as Dr. Cook says, risk the situation on God. Can I get a witness? In fact, you shouldn't even say, I can't. Hey, hey, amen. I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. We we gotta we gotta we gotta be we gotta be motivated by faith, faith over our fears, confidence over our crisis, calculated yeah moves that we gotta make based on what we are preaching now believe. John chapter five. Here comes Jesus. Oh man, John John is a deep book. Here comes Jesus. Passed a man who was paralyzed 38 years. He said, do you want to walk? Now, now listen at the question. It's rhetorical. It needs no answer. If I'm paralyzed 38 years, of course I want to walk. Why would God, the son who knows everything, ask this man a rhetorical question? Yeah. And whenever God asks a rhetorical question, is because he's prompting something in you. Ah, who do men say that I am? Rhetorical. Can I get a witness? Uh, 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 Adam, where are you? Rhetorical. He knew who he was. Are y'all praying with me? Whenever God asks you a question, he's trying to get you to see something. He already knows the situation. So the man said, yeah, yeah. and here's, here's what the man says. Yeah, I want to I, I, I walk. And, you know, I, I know the angel comes down once a year and trouble the water. And every time I go to get into the water, somebody beats me there. Excuse. Some of us just full of excuses. 
Listen, there are people in their 80s going back to school. Why you can't go back to school? Let me show you what David has to say about this motivation. Are you with me? We're just going to dissect this thing and lay out these five smooth philosophies. And in this context of 33 to 37, look, look, thy servant. Now, now, now here's what, here's what, I'm sorry, here's what David says Amen in this matter of motivation 25 to 31. I lost my place. Look what he says. And, and verse 27, the people answered him after this manner saying, so shall it be done unto the man that killeth him. He, okay. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab, this is David's brother, oldest brother, anger was kindled against David. And he said, why came us down here in the first place? I know your pride and your naughtiness of heart. Now let me stop pausing part. The moment you and I become motivated, somebody close to us is going to criticize us. Oh, you ain't getting this one. You ain't getting this one, Doc. Do you know how often I've been criticized? In 25 years of pastoring, every day. Folk in my own family criticize. It's tight. Let me tell you why people criticize you when they're not in your shoes. It's called reflective paralysis. Because they don't want to believe that you can do something they can't do. They, they don't want to believe. They, they don't want to, they were too lazy to go get information. They don't have no motivation. So they want to criticize you for having a vision. You just got to put up with it. And I'm not talking about people you don't know. I'm talking about people you do know. But child, if I were you, would you not me? Let's kill that argument right now. Can I get a witness? Don't let nobody give you advice about marriage when their marriage is messed up. David, 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 David is, David is motivated. Mm. Now look at, after his brother criticized him, look at verse 29. David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause for me to be motivated? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner 
And the people answered him again, after the former manner. Are you with me? Now look at verse 31. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and Saul sent for him. Thank you, Jesus. Motivated. Listen to me. And God knows I lack a lot of things. My first 10 years of pastoring this church, I was in Dr. Tony Evans' pastoral conference for 10 straight years. You know why? Because I need to learn something about pastoring. I was in Moody the first 20 years. Every May, I was in Chicago, the Moody Bible Institute. Not counting Philadelphia College of Bible, not counting all the other MBPs. You've got to be motivated to get information and motivation about where you're trying to go. You've got to get up off your lazy behind and stop making all of these excuses and get to it. Get to it. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get back on my regimen. But wait a minute. It's more than working out. It's working without. I can't keep eating Briar's ice cream, chocolate cupcakes and crimpets, wise potato chips, Talk about I'm working out. No, 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 no. You got, you got to, you got to get information. Then you got to get motivation. Then you got to have some elimination. Can I get a witness? You, you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta pull all this stuff together. Look at my I'm on a diet, eating like a hog. You ain't on no diet. And I'm losing weight right now. Look, look. Coming down, Doc. I don't want to come too fast. I have to explain that one away. But look at this. Check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. Look, look at the third smooth stone. Are you with me? A new finish reflects, listen, a need for inspiration. Let me tell you what inspiration is. Look at verse 33 to 37. Are you with me? Come on, stay with me now. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you're nothing but a young boy. And he's a man of war from his youth. Look at verse 34. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept. Now, let me stop. Your inspiration is your experience with Jesus Christ. It's not your resume in corporate America. It's, it's not your college and graduate studies. What inspires us is walking and talking with the master and what God has already brought us through and where God has already brought us from. I'm preaching up in this place now. Y'all ain't ready for this. Look, 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 look. Look what David says. Hey, hey, man, as far as his inspiration is concerned. Are you with me? 
Look what he says in verse 34. David said to Saul, King Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And one day there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, verse 35, and I went out after him and I killed them both and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and killed him. Holy, that's a resume, Doc. In other words, my experiences, Lord have mercy, as a shepherd, qualifies me to deal with this giant. Now, I ain't never killed no bear. I ain't never killed no lion. Neither of you. The most I did was kick a dog, and that's a mutt. <laughs> Raymond Gordon, do you qualify? No. But see, David's inspiration, Lord have mercy. And instead of you saying, I killed the bear and the lion, you can say, you know what? No, I, I'm going to face my giant, but I taught Bible study. I taught that Jesus is able to keep you from falling. I taught on the names of God that Jehovah Jireh means he will provide. Jehovah Sikhanu means he is my righteous banner. Jehovah M. Kadesh El Elyon means he's the most high God. El Shaddai means he's the big breasted one that I can lay on his shoulder when I get tired. Do I have a witness up in the house? See, child of God, your inspiration is what you have walked and talked with God. Can I get a witness? So he says in verse 36, he says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he have defied the armies of the living God. Now listen to me. Our inspiration is Jesus. And only what he's able to do. And he can do far exceeding, abundantly, above. Those are superlatives. You know what a superlative is in English? It, it is the usage of a word that's higher. Amen. It's, it's given each word a higher declaration that, that, that even the dictionary cannot fully explain. He will do far, here's a superlative, exceeding, abundantly, above, y'all ain't hearing this, all that we ask or think. And, and, child, and child of God, look at verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Let me, let me, let me. I'm, I'm, I'm. Raymond Gordon, what qualifies you to teach the people of God? Well, let me give you my human resume. Yeah, because I was living in whoredoms. I was out there partying, getting high, messing up. And God was able to turn my life around 
he was able to put me on a street called straight. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation. The Lord is my high tower. See, my resume is what God has already done in me, with me, through me, and for me. Do I have a witness? That's my resume. I was going to hell, but now I'm going to heaven. I was messed up, hooked up, fucked up, shook up, but God, who's rich in mercy, can I get a witness? Delivered my soul. He cleaned me up from the guttermost to the uttermost. Can I get a witness? That's my resume. That's my inspiration. That's my motivation. That's my information. That's my information. I'm coming in, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. I smell a chicken. I'm coming in. Hang in there with me. Test time, test time, test time. Five smooth stones. What's the first stone? What's this, OB? Out of brains? What, what's, what's the first stone? Information. What's the second stone? What's the third stone? You got it. Here's the fourth stone. You ain't getting no teaching nowhere else like this. Here's the fourth stone. A new facilitation reflects a need for proper preparation. Look at 1738. Are you with me? Yeah. And Saul armed David with his armor. He put on his helmet, brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, essayed to go, ready to go, for he had not proved it. He had not tested the armor of Saul. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these. Why, David? For I have not tested them. I cannot use your vision. It ain't been tested. I cannot use your education. It ain't been tested. Can I get a witness? Uh, preparation is a major asset in any organization. We have to prepare ourselves. Say prepare yourselves. You got to prepare yourself. If you want to go somewhere in life, you got to prepare yourself. I used to tell my kids in college, I say, uh, what you want to do in life? Well, we want to do this. Okay, how are you going to get there? Don't just tell me what you want to do. Tell me how you're going to get there. And tell me what you know, information-wise, it's going to take to get there. Nobody is just giving you anything. You got to go for it. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let, 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 let me, I'm, I'm trying to cover a gamut of things. Look, if I'm in a professional interview and I walk in the man's office and say, Mr. Gordon, come on in. First of all, if my interview is at 2, I'm sitting there at 
Uh-oh, they're getting quiet. You don't come busting in there at 159. You, you are sitting there at 1.30. You are dressed properly. You don't have tattoos and earrings and your drawers hanging down and sneakers. You, you, you got to come dressed properly. Stand up, pool. Stand up, pool. See, this is corporate America. See, that's corporate. You got to come dressed properly. And when, you're, and when the man says, come on in, you got to, hey, amen, come on. You got to go in and you got to stand and wait for him to say, be seated. When he says, be seated, you don't, I'm talking to my young people, you don't sit like this. You, you got, we trying to teach you, we trying to teach you that. Or if you, a, or if you a girl and got a skirt on, you ain't sitting like this. You, you, you got you to gotta be rigid. You got to sit and, and, and gently fold your hands or whatever. Look that man in the eye. And you got to answer his questions with some level of articulation. He didn't ask you to preach. Answer his questions with articulation. Be respectful. Be cognizant of his time. Look him in the eye. And then when he is finished with the interview, here's how you close. Thank you for seeing me. And sir, may I lastly say, here's why your organization ought to hire If you don't have any self-confidence, I don't want you working for me. You ought to impress that person to the point when the other 20 come in after you, he says, I don't want to talk to them. I know who I want to hire. Are y'all praying with me? You can't go into an interview and tell me, hey, dog, what's up? Yo. Risha. <laughs> And work. Why? Did you look for a job? Yeah, nobody. Hired. I guess not. You're about as dumb as the day is long. Preparation. Preparation. If you want a pastor, you got to at least study the word. Uh oh. You gotta, you gotta investigate. You gotta know if you want a good job. You gotta know management, administration. You gotta have some information, motivation, inspiration, and preparation. Listen to this. I want all them young kids to hear this because we need to teach our kids these things. Can I get a witness? Check this out. Look at the preparation of David as we bring this thing in. When you look at verse 38, he took all Saul's armor, and David, verse 40, our text, took his staff in his hand 
chose five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. Are you with me? And the Philistine came on and drew near to David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a young boy and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that you come to me with stays? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine, verse 44, said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and to the beasts uh of the field. Then said David to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to thee in the name of Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand, and I will kill you and take your head from you, and I will give it to the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day, to the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know, here it is, that there is a God in Israel. I'm preaching now. Child of God, when you put Jesus' name out there, when you let people know that he is your protection device, when you let them know that he is your information, he is your motivation, he is your inspiration, he is your preparation, watch out. Because God is going to back up your words. Can I get a witness? I'm coming in for a landing. Can I get a witness? But child of God, there's one more thing I want you to see. Can I get a witness? That is a face-to-face -face encounter with this giant. And here's the last smooth stone that most of us will back off from. Not only... Do you need information and motivation and uh, inspiration and preparation? But here's the tough one. You need confrontation. Yeah. Can I get a witness? Now the boys are separated from the men because confrontation is costly. Can I get a witness? Confrontation means in spite of my giant, I'm not going to have any fears. But I'm going to let him fight through me. Confrontation means I've got to do something. I've got to face my giant face to face. I've got to face the thing that's been haunting me all of my life. When I got abused, when I got raped, when I was abandoned, when I was given up by my parents. I'm preaching up in this place now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, when, when my first boyfriend quit me and my third boyfriend quit me and my wife left me, uh, that's a giant I have not been able to deal with. Come on. But now I've got to confront this thing. 
in the name of Jesus. I got to get up in this giant's face, Bruce, and say I'm not backing up and I'm not going to give out and I'm not going to give up but in the name of Jesus Christ I'm going to stand once and for all and say the buck stops right here can I get a witness and here's what I want you to see child of God look at verse 48 and the Bible says, and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, that David hasted his, how you got to face your enemy. He ran towards him. That's confrontation. You can't go up against a giant scared. You can't go up against your giant hoping. You got to run towards him. You got to confront issues. I was never able to get where I am today, but today I'm gone. I was never able to feel secure, but now I feel secure in the name of Jesus. The Bible says he ran, didn't he run? He ran towards the giant because David understood that his battle was God's battle. His breach was God's breach. His blessing was God's blessing. Can I get a witness? Well, you say, wait a minute, preacher. <laughs> and the Bible says he slung the stone into his forehead. And the giant fell out. You're going to get your giants with the word of God. Sling that word at your giant in the name of Jesus. And that giant will fall out. That giant will fall down. That giant will die. Say it. Say it. Then he took the giant's sword and cut his head off. Say it. Say it. Well, wait a minute as I close. Jesus the Christ needed information. In John chapter 6, when he was preaching at 5,000, he turned to Philip and said, how shall we feed this many people? Philip said, I don't know. It's too many to send them home. But there's a little boy with just two sardines and a piece of bread. And the Bible says, well, Jesus knew what he would do. He got information. But then Jesus showed some motivation when he said, tear down this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. He showed inspiration when he stilled the storm on the Sea of Galilee by saying, peace, be still. He showed some preparation when he told disciples going to the city, you'll find a colt that has never been driven. Bring me the coat so the Messiah can enter into Jerusalem. And the people will say, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But he shows some confrontation when he turns his face to Jerusalem. Can I get a witness? And went from judgment hall to judgment hall. They smacked him in the face. He came to die. They put him on a cross. Didn't he die? He died, but early, early.
He got up with all power in his hands. Child of God, you need information. You need motivation. You need inspiration. You need preparation. And you need confrontation. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. And if you follow these five smooth stones, you'll have the victory over your giant. Say giant, it's time to lay down. Giant, it's time for you to go. Giant, I'm going to defeat you in the name, name, name of Jesus. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, don't play with God. He died for your sins, was very rose again. He wants to save you this morning. You might die tonight. And if you die, you're going to hell. You need to be born again. You must be born again. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. All my visitors, if you're not saved, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. If your hand is raised, meet me up here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, guys. Come on, come on. Come on out of the brain. Come on. Come on. Hey, brother. Come on. Thank you, man. Come on. Stand right here. Come on. Come on. Bless you. Come on. If you're not, come on out of here. Thank you, man. Come on. Come on. If you need to be saved, come on. Come on, guys. Step out. Jesus can only save you. Step out right now if you need to be saved. If you need to be saved, you want to join the church. If you need to be saved, step out. Are you saved, brother? You saved. Step out. Come on, step out. All the way in the back. Come on. You need to be saved. Come on. We love you. If you're not saved, come on out. Come on out. We love you. We love you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Step out. In the balcony downstairs, step out in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Son of God, he died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again with all power in his hand. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? You brothers want to step out if you're not saved. Be honest with God if you're not saved. Look, man, we all come from the same hood. If you're not saved, come on out here. Because if you go to hell, you're going to burn. Jesus Christ is God, and he died for your sins. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Come on, that's it. Come on. Praise Jesus. Come on. Praise him. Praise him. Come on, man. Praise him. There another? Hallelujah. All right, you may go with the ministers. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. Stay on your feet. I want all the uh, new members to come down front when we dismiss. Listen. The only way we're going to conquer our giants is what is with first what information the word of god secondly what the wisdom of god third the will of god fourth the work of god and fifth, the wealth of God.
whatever you want to do in life, you need those five steps for you to be successful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word of David the soldier who defeated such an opposing force in his life. And as we leave this place, we have all kind of giants that stand in the way of our peace, stand in the way of our families, stand in the way of our confidence and our faith. Remove those giants through a process that you've given us today. And whatever we pursue, help us to use these five smooth stones, five stone thinking of information, motivation, inspiration, preparation, and last and most importantly, confrontation. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you've got to confront your giant. God bless you. You are dismissed. Church, say amen.